Hello and welcome to The Dad Whisperer. I am your host, Dr. Michelle Watson, and in keeping with my goal of helping dads become heroes, today I want to address a topic that I don't think always gets addressed when it comes to dads and daughters. Okay, you ready for it? Single daughters. So even this week in my counseling office, I even had a gal in her 20s who was sobbing her heart out. Tears pouring down her face over what topic? Her singleness. This is a really big deal for a lot of women. And in my 35 plus years of walking alongside women, I would tell you this issue comes up all the time and it's not always addressed. So today's topic, you know, on your mark, is set, go. On your mark, here's the topic title. Single daughters really need their dads too. So now get set. I'm going to fill it in with stats and stories. So a question we want to answer today is, how can a dad fill a single daughter's heart space? So I actually looked up some current stats on singleness in America, and I read this article by Public Radio International. Listen to what they said, that there are about 50.2% or 124.6 million American adults now who are single. Over 50% of our adult population are single. Isn't that staggering? And they're saying that they said singles have taken over despite the rise of online dating. So when you include the never have been married singles, the already have been married, but now separated or divorced or broken up with singles, the numbers are staggering. And so Now we're going to be talking today, you and me, and a guest that I have in the studio who's a heart friend of mine, we're going to be talking about this area of how can a dad fill the heart space of his single daughters, because your role is vital and your daughter needs you. So you might not think this is a very big deal, guys, but it really, really is, because many of your daughters have been planning their wedding, probably since she was about five years old. She's played with her dolls. She's dressed up herself. So today we want to focus on you as a dad, and especially those of you who have single daughters, because you were the first man to hold her heart, so why not do it now? So today I have with me my friend, Lori Austin. Welcome today, honey bun. (laughs) Thank you. It's fantastic to be here in your space. Yay. Well, Lori and I have talked many a time, haven't we, about Uh our singleness. Yep. Sometimes there have been tears, haven't there? Oh, absolutely. There, sometimes there's tears. Sometimes there's laughter. Uh huh. And and sometimes there's joy in knowing that we have vibrant lives. Mm-hmm. But there has been an ache in your heart to be married. Mm-hmm. And I want you to just tell our listeners today a little bit about you before we get the conversation started about singleness. Yeah. Well, I am um, about 35. You can land directly on 35, but we'll just say <laughs> mid 30s. Okay. Um, 35 years old. I am the second of four daughters. Same as me, so, four yeah. girls in my family. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of girls in our household. I'm the only daughter that is not married. So I've got three sisters that are married with husbands and kids, and um, they have picked great guys. They're some of my best friends. So um, really close family, grew up here in Oregon, and um, we vacation a couple times a year together. That's awesome. Um, I'm kind of the daughter that um, has never... Never been married, never um, been engaged, and so I've always been the 
forever single person. And mm. so I'm always the the flex person that can, you know, be filled in. Like the other night, um, one of my brothers-in-law couldn't go to the Blazer game. So my dad called me up and he's like, hey, do you want to join, yeah. you know, the other guys and I for the Blazer game? So there's been a lot of privilege that's been afforded because of my singleness. But mm. um <clears throat> Yeah, I've been I've been single, so I work and I I fill life with a lot of work, a lot of purpose in that space. But there's a deep desire to be married, and I would say I didn't acknowledge that until my 25th birthday. Mm. And I know that specifically because my mom had come up to me with these kind of worried, tentative, like, "Honey, um, um, you never really <laughs> talk about it, but um, do, do do you want to be married?" And yeah. I think it was, and I don't know if this resonates with other women, but. Um, <clears throat> When you're not married or when you haven't had opportunities, you feel like something is wrong with you and you feel broken. And so to acknowledge a desire of, I do want to be married and yet nobody's picking me, it almost gives more power to the negative in that sense. And so I just wanted to deny it. So I never talked about wanting to be married. Mm -hmm. I never really acknowledged it until my 25th birthday. And then I just broke down and I'm like, I do want to be married. And um so yeah, so that was 10 years ago. And wow. I think that um, for for many women, if they grew up in the church, I think that there's probably more of an emphasis, but there is an expectation yeah. that when you go through high school and then college, you'll probably meet someone in that Bible school that you're going to go to. Of course, you're going to go to a Bible school and it's going to be yeah. your freshman year and he's just going to yes. look at you across the room and then your story begins and then... You and know. then you'll get your MRS degree. <laughs> yes. I remember that one when I went to Bible college. <laughs> Yeah, so that didn't happen. And um, so then the expectations are there, and yet they're unmet expectations. And the longings. Yes. The longings are so intense and immense. Yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing is that God has created me as a woman that loves the shared experience. Mm -hmm. So I traveled alone when I was 19 years old, and I was in London for a week, and I hated it. I would be standing at these big touristy places. I'm like, look, there's nobody to talk to, so... hmm." So I hated stuff like that. I know I am a woman that loves to experience things together with people. And so that longing that we're talking about, it's not so much of, I want that MRS degree or I want to be, you know, a mom and I want to put put all these pictures on Pinterest and have all these different things. I want to share life with a man. I want to dream together. I want us to be stronger together than we are as singles and God giving us a great big vision for what we can accomplish together for the kingdom. Uh And so there's a big longing in that sense for that space. And so I press on and I try to live life fully. And I think that that's the space that I'm in today. Uh Beautiful. Well, I mean, there's a lot we could talk about in terms of like your passion and you guys have to know, I know Lori Austin. She has in, an insane amount of gifting, this woman does. And yet today, because we're talking about singleness, I just want to delve even more into that topic. But you just talked about like being 25 and it really hitting you mm-hmm. that you were single because your mom brought it up. Right. <laughs> so in the last decade, what does it mean to you now in your mid-30s to be single as compared to your mid-20s? Yeah. Um. Well, I think I was telling you yesterday that I don't always have the greatest compassion for those that are 23 and they're just grieving their singleness. And I think, oh, sweetheart. Okay. (laughs) Um, But I think there was a turning point at 30 where it felt there was a different freedom as a woman that Mm. I felt like there was a greater acceptance of who God has created me to be. And I think some of the old ways as a 20 year old kind of went to the wayside. But I think that as you enter into your 30s and then you really enter in, and now I'm like safely, like securely in <laughs> yeah. my 30s. Staring, the pocket, you're in staring it. Staring <laughs> down 40. I feel like there is an expiration 
that starts to creep into your head. Um, an expiration of, okay, I, it didn't happen at 25. It didn't happen at 20. Okay, 30, 30 like 31? Like, when yeah. is this going to happen? And it still hasn't happened. And so um, <clears throat> I think that the the change from being single in my 20s to in my 30s has just been there's been a different thought that's entered into my mind of what if this never happens? Mm. And the question that I have to ask myself is how then shall I live in uh-huh. in that reality? Yeah. And there's yeah. a tension that you live in because it feels like, do I fully accept, okay, I'm going to be single and like, Lord, how are we going to do this? And yeah. what does my life look like without giving up the hope of, yeah, there's a desire to, to be married, to be a mom, to do yeah. all those different things. And so there's a tension that you you have to exist within and find peace in, I think, yeah. in your 30s because, you know, at this point, your eggs are like geriatric or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I so appreciate, Lori, how you're... You're talking about living with an ache and a longing. And I think, you know, you even mentioned the idea of like, what's wrong with me? I've lived with that a lot of my life. Like, why am I not being chosen? Or why is a man not wanting to look my way? What's what's Mm -hmm. broken in me that isn't Mm -hmm. drawing him? And and living, like you said, with this idea of, I don't want to close my heart up because the ache hurts too bad. And then it shuts down what I am involved in. And so how do you live open with heartache hmm. simultaneously with having passion in other areas? Yeah. And and not drinking too much, you know? <laughs> I think that there's... I, I, yeah, that's drowning the sorrow, but yeah, yeah I, but I think that out. that's real. I yeah. think that that's very real for, for women in their 30s. I see a lot of women that are mm. peers in the church and in different places, and I see there's kind of two directions that I see them go most. Uh-huh. And one is they become this recluse where they get really into, I don't know, like... I don't know, like knitting or something. And it just feels like the hobbies that they're picking are very isolated, where they're home alone doing these hobbies. And then they kind of just close themselves off and that that hope is gone. And they're Mm. not really, um, they're not being open to to possibilities and and making themselves available. And then the other side of that is I see a lot of women that give up hope. Uh And I feel like they just feel like, skip it. God, you have not provided yet. And my heart hurts. And this hurts. And why am I waiting for a man that, you know, in in my experience in this day and age, there's not a a ton of Christian men in the church. I mean, if they're the good ones, they're already married with two, you know, and a half kids or whatever the statistics are. So um, there's a loss of hope. And I think in that, then they they go off the deep end and they start living a life that, of their own design. And Yeah, I and see I, that too. Yeah. And so where do you live as a woman that wants to follow hard after Jesus and say, God, I still continue to believe that you are good and that you do provide? Um, that's the tension, to live fully and passionately and to... Um, to recognize that there is a grieving. Like there's yes. a grieving of... Um, you know, I'm not going to be a young mom. I'm not going to have all. I used to. Right. I grew up with this expectation of like, I want all my kids before 30 because 30 is old, <laughs> old, and like, hey, it's not happened yet. So, yeah. um, so I think that there's a good place to grieve the things and the yeah. expectations that will not be, but it doesn't mean that you can't live fully with an expectancy of what God will do here and now at yeah. 35 or 40 or 45. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, if you're just joining us, this is the Dad Whisperer, and I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson. And if you want to go to my website, drmichellewatson.com, I've got a lot of resources there, and it's my heart desire to reach out to you as dads, keep the conversation going, and address issues that are real-life issues 
where the rubber meets the road in your life. And today I have with me my friend, my dear heart friend, Lori Austin, who's sharing about what singleness is like for her as a 35-ish year old woman, (laughs) which is different than it was like for her in her mid-20s. And here I am in my mid-50s going, I I can relate to you because every decade that goes by, the hope begins to change. So what I want to focus on now, Lori, is how you and your dad have forged a friendship. I know you guys are close. I know your dad is your main man in many ways, Mm -hmm. as well as some of your brother-in-laws. But in just talking now about your relationship with your dad, tell us just a little bit about how the two of you relate in this season of your life. Well, it's interesting because when you texted me and you said, hey, what do you think about this show topic and joining us? You texted me when I was on a business trip in New Orleans, Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting down having a cup of coffee at Cafe Du Monde with my dad. Wow. And so I just was totally chuckling in my head going, oh, she has no idea like <laughs> how this topic resonates because here I am, 35 years old with a full career, um, traveling all over the U.S. every single week. And my dad came with me on that trip. And wow. so that really speaks to, I think, our relationship today. I love being with my dad. Yeah. Um, and my dad is retired. And so he has the ability to say like, hey, I'm going to join you on this yeah. trip. So how my dad and I relate today is is one where... Um, there's two words that come to mind to describe that. My dad cares for me mm. and he cares for me in many different ways. But um, I think one of the, he cares and he covers me. So those are the two words. And <clears throat> I experienced this just even looking back in the last year, I bought a car. My dad was sitting right next to me at the dealership when I bought my car. And Go dad. <laughs> we need the, We need but, our dads for that. Yes. You know, like I am terrible at taxes and figuring all of that out and figuring out like T99 and like foreign income earning and blah, blah, blah. And my dad is just like, all right. And here's the thing. It, this is the, the distinction too for, for dads that are listening. My dad didn't do it for me. My dad did not negotiate that car deal. I did. Uh-huh. My dad did not do my taxes. I did. But my dad played a really important role in that he was in my space with me and allowing me to just kind of like um, bounce up against him. What do you think about yeah. this? What do you think about this? And and I, what that meant to me as a daughter is that I am a strong woman. I am a woman that loves to get things done. I am a woman that my dad built our house when we were young and I was right beside him with a tool belt and a mm, hammer. Awesome. And I loved learning alongside of him and Mm -hmm. my dad has really empowered me to be like get it girl like (laughs) you go get a cheaper car or you get that deal that you want or hey what are the steps that you need to take to to get your taxes done or to figure that out and and I think that for single women there's so much of our life that we spend alone we come home from work and we maybe don't have roommates in your Mm -hmm. 30s you're living more on your own and there's a lot of empty alone time and for you as a dad to enter into that space for my dad to be in that space with me yeah i don't care if you're sitting on my bed or i'm cleaning my room like that's what i love to have people part of my life and for my dad to do that it just means the world and i think one of the things that i just want to pick up on what you said lori is yeah. that your dad had you alongside him yeah. when you were a little girl and I imagine that that has set the groundwork for how now you have him alongside you. I love that juxtaposition. Well, there's such a, uh, yeah. I mean, and I know this. I know. I look around at my peers and I think that I, I know how blessed I am that my dad is the man that he is. And he would say, and my mom would probably even say like, I don't know how you girls got this sensitive guy because he was not like that growing up. Oh, uh-huh. um, he wasn't really emotionally engaged. Yeah, I didn't experience that. All I experienced growing up was I knew that my dad loved me. I knew that my parents loved me. Um, 
But my dad later on in life has really come into a new place of sensitivity of his heart. Um. And I see it in a softness where my dad will, he goes to a Starbucks every morning and he sits and he prays for his family and he writes. Wow. And my dad will send me texts of the prayers that he has of like, hey girl, oh my this is what I'm praying for you today. And I didn't grow up with that type of sensitivity. And so it's just really morphed as my dad has matured and come into a deeper intimacy in his relationship with the Lord that I get the the offerings and the blessings. Mm. What does exactly. that mean to you when he sends you a text and says, here's the exact thing I'm praying for you today right now? <laughs> That means a lot to me. Um, that's the kind of covering that I feel that so often I feel like I'm by myself yeah. um, as a single daughter and I got to figure out career and I got to figure out, you know, retirement planning and like taxes and buying a house and all these different things. And it just, um, I don't need somebody to do it for me, but I just want somebody in that space. And so when I know that my dad has a relationship with the Lord and he is bringing me before the Lord in his yeah. prayers, um, yeah. I just, I feel absolutely loved and adored in that, mm. that my dad would think of me. And just just seeing your tears right here <laughs> tells me that this is touching the depths of your heart. Yeah. <clears throat> as your dad just breathes his spirit and his love into you like that. So you talked about a second C, caring yeah. and covering. And covering. Tell yeah. more about the covering <clears throat> piece. Um. My dad provides for me, and I think that that's something that, you know, we go to to family engagements, and all of my sister's husbands um, are the ones that, you know, take care of their bill. This is a very practical, simple thing, right? Yeah, but, yeah. like, so we go out, and then it would always fall on me then to, like, take care of myself or to provide my my own way. In and I have the finances to do that. That's not the deal. Yeah. But in ways, small ways like that, for my dad to even pick up the bill— um, there's a yeah. sense of like care and, and covering of, I got this, like, mm. I want to take care of you or I want to provide for you. And that would be a place that a husband would play for right. me. Um, and because there is no husband, then I see my dad taking those steps in mm -hmm. that way. And, um, and that's significant to me. And um, the covering of even just delighting in me as a woman yeah. I think that, you know, when I arrive at family get-togethers, there's just a pause, uh, you know, when I enter in. And I don't think that it's, like, put upon by my dad. I really feel like my dad is trying to figure out his own heart and, and yeah. intimacy with the Lord. And he's felt like he's fumbled around with his daughters. But I think that um, as God has matured him, there's just moments where I see him looking at me and he's like, you just look beautiful. And Aww. And moments like that where I feel like my dad, you know, you say that he's my main man. And I wouldn't maybe... I don't know if I would define it like that, but he's a man that speaks to me as a woman uh -huh. of who God has created me to be. Yeah. And I think that that's a really important place to be able to acknowledge like God's design and beauty in me, God's, uh -huh. um, God's creation of my unique DNA of, you know, my giftings or whatever. And he tells you so. Yeah. That's yeah. the key. Dads well, may yeah. think it, but not always say it. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, I need to hear that. Yeah, because it affirms me not just as a woman who's married or has that calling or or mm -hmm. role, mm -hmm. but just me as me. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And you know, I um, I got to be honest. Sometimes my my dad or my mom can say things like, "Honey, you just look you know beautiful," or da 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 da. And I roll my eyes and I go, "Okay, you have to say that." <laughs> and so there are moments, and I want to encourage dads. There are moments where my dad may say something, and it sounds so dorky. Like he's <laughs> like, "Those earrings are just delightful," and you're like, "Are you kidding? You just said that." And I kind of roll my eyes. I'm like, "Dad, come on." 
Um, but I think that I walk away and it, what sticks with me is the sentiment of that my dad noticing details, Yes, my dad paying attention and not just me being in the space and he's going on with his world, but my dad is really trying to notice who I am. And that, that to me is far beyond, I would love a dorky dad each and every day versus like <laughs> a disconnected awesome. dad. So yes. can I say that just to encourage any dads that are listening, like notice those things, be dorky. That's okay. Even if she rolls her eyes, yes. don't stop noticing. No. And I, and I think even the rolling of my eyes, I'm like, you're such a dork. Keep coming, keep coming. Like what else you got? Because <laughs> yeah. that's the fun and banter that I have with my dad as well. So I, yeah. His, I mean, his name isn't even Joe, but every time I answer the phone, I'm like, what's up, Papa Joe? Like that's, <laughs> we just have fun together and, too. And I love how your voice just got kind of funny because my dad and I do that. Yeah. We have funny voice things like, hey, yeah. what's up? <laughs> you know, and I'm going, I don't do that with anyone else, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like our inside language. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, dad, don't hesitate being goofy and silly and, you know, just insane with your with your girls because the more banter my dad has taught me about what banter looks like on Mars right yeah. men are from Mars I'm like we just don't really do that on Venus <laughs> but he loves it and he's taught me how to do that yeah and so just hearing your heart open up uh, is so beautiful Lori so mm. just kind of as we're getting ready to land the plane here I just yeah. want to say so many dads I've talked with say tell me what to do mm. to fix it and that's why yeah. I do this model of on your mark get set go and you've given some great ideas today you know mm. text her write prayers tell her what you notice yeah speak into her life about who you see her to be as a woman tell mm. her she's beautiful yeah but is there anything specifically if you were to give dads an idea to take those concepts and put them into action mm. this week mm. between today and a week from today any ideas that way of what your dad maybe has done with you that has really touched your heart in addition to what you've already said? Well, this is the thing that right now is just resonating in my head and it wasn't something that I prepared to come in with. But I think um, if I were to boil and distill everything down, it would be notice her. Yeah. Because so often single women feel unnoticed and they feel unseen and their girlfriends can give them comments and maybe they look to like their social media of like the likes. But I think that for you to pay attention enough to something this week and mm. notice something about her world and yeah. notice like how she's dressing even or yeah. notice like the accomplishments that she's done in her job and career or notice the community that she's built around her. But find one thing, mm. like mm. pay attention enough to say, what can I learn this week? One thing about my daughter and I just want to be able to reflect that back to her. So it requires you to pay attention. It requires you to maybe pay attention in new ways that it's not just you're number two, you know, that you, she's always been that way and that's who she is, but like uh -huh. really put on new eyes to and notice find, something yeah. new and learn one thing new yes. to reflect back and let her know I see that oh. in, your, in you. And you, you even talked about like your dad noticing that maybe you, you would love having the bill picked up that time. You could afford it, yeah. but he noticed that, you know, that would bless you or that mm -hmm. would have meaning to you. And I'm the same way. Yeah. When my dad pays for the movie, or pays for the meal. And a lot yeah. of times I, I pick up the tab yeah. as a way to keep it you know, reciprocal. But yeah. it does go in. Mm -hmm. It says, I am worth noticing, spoiling, yeah. being loved on. Yep. Another idea, I just wanted to, if, if you know, I, I couldn't even put anything more in any clearer or better than you have, Lori, but I just wanted to think about one thing. If I thought, okay, as a single woman, if I was to tell a dad, what could you do here now? There have been times my dad has bought me flowers, not very often, mm -hmm. in fact, but 
I know a year ago, Valentine's Day, he did. He brought yeah. the flowers. Oh, I love that. It meant so much to me because I don't get flowers that often. Mm-hmm. And so dads, maybe that's another way that you could speak to the heart space of your daughters this week. Hmm. And just close, Lori, by telling <laughs> your funny flower story with your dad. Well, my dad gave me flowers once. In fact, last year um, I was at work and I got this text from my dad and I looked down and it was, he said, hey, I dropped some flowers off um, for you at your um, your porch. You're just going to have to go three doors down because I think I dropped them off at your neighbor's porch and not yours. So I never got those flowers, Michelle. But I tell you what, the fact that my dad took time out of his day to drive to my house and leave wow. flowers on my porch, that was enough of a bouquet for me. <laughs> so I let the neighbors have those flowers and they have a secret admirer, but my dad sent me flowers. <laughs> that is awesome. So I love the fact that we're ending with saying, dads, you don't have to be perfect. No. You just have to be present. Show yeah. up in her life. Let her know that you see her and notice her. Lori, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. Dads, write me at drmichelle at thedadwhisper.com. I want to hear from you. Let's keep the conversation going and get out there, dads. Put your love into action. Go dads. Go dads.